Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of On Your Terms. This week on the podcast, we're talking all about reflection on 2021, what 2021 has actually been like for me behind the scenes. I think in this episode, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that you've never heard me share before. I've probably only told my closest friends and, and family. And so I really shared open and honestly about like what was going on behind the scenes for me personally, with my dad, with his cancer journey, also in the business, like what our promotions were going, like how the promotions were actually going, what was going on behind the scenes. And in throughout this entire episode, I'm sprinkling in lessons that I learned from all of the things I've experienced this year, whether it was multi-six-figure launches to firing a Facebook ads team. I get into all of it in this um, episode and take you take you on the entire journey while also offering you up all the lessons that I hope that you can integrate into your own business. So I hope that you love this episode. I hope that you'll DM me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about it, what your takeaway was it was about the episode, and of course, share about the episode on social media too. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a shout out to a reviewer of On Your Terms, Chelsea at gut.hormone.nutritionist on Instagram. Chelsea said about the podcast, Sam's podcast has helped me connect more dots about becoming legally legit, as well as giving me tips on how to create a profitable business. I'm glad I stumbled upon her. Thanks for your work, Sam. Well, thank you, Chelsea. And thank you so much for leaving a review of On Your Terms on Apple Podcasts. If you want to be featured in a future episode, be sure to leave your review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever we're calling it, so I can share your review and share about your business in a future episode. And with that, let's get into reflecting and reviewing on 2021 and all of the business lessons that I learned as a result of it. So 2021, what a year. I think I could just like, that could be the whole episode. What a year. What a last two years, really, honestly. Yeah, 2021. Let's do it. I can't wait to go over what this year has been like from like both a personal business perspective, everything in between. I'm not holding anything back today. I'm just kind of sitting down chatting with you. I really would love for you to get cozy, join me, grab some coffee. Um, I really just kind of envisioned this episode as being like a little coffee chat. So I wish we could have coffee together, maybe one day. But I came into 2021 for the first time in my business with like a real plan, right? Like I actually mapped it out, right? Just like I shared with you in last week's episode of the podcast, episode 22, I I shared with you about how I planned for the whole year, what I did this year that I hadn't ever done before, how it impacted the business. So if you haven't listened to that, you might want to go back and listen to it after this episode. But I really came into this year for the first time with a plan. And I think it just shows is how different the business turned out, um, not only revenue wise, but how things went, how I was able to show up as a CEO, how I was able to take care of myself because of how much planning I had done. It was just a really, really different year. It was also the first year that there were two more first for me this year. Uh, one was that it was the first time that in like the five years in business, right? I'm not new ish, you know, to business. It was the first year I had really implemented a project management system. So it was the first year I used Asana. And I I shared with you last week about how I took Louise Henry's up level with Asana like mini course. It's not it's not too many, but it's not a big course either. And how much that just helped me to like actually put into action all the things that I had planned for and execute. And I've really stayed committed this year to that system. And like that helped a lot with what I'm going to talk about today. And I hired my first team members um, 
really at the end of 2020, I had taken on Leanne, my wonderful VA, who many of you probably have met if you've ever emailed or if you're a customer and you've had trouble accessing something. And then Jess, who's my tech VA and who's just a tech wizard and all around amazing human. So I just was really lucky that I got to bring them on board at the end of 2020. They came in in 2021 even more, more and more hours. And then since then, we've added a whole bunch of new team members, So, um, which I'm happy to talk about in a future episode. I know some people have asked if I would talk about a little bit about hiring or team building. You can let me know. But some of those things were just all new to me this year, you know, but uh, this was also the year that I moved to New York. So for the first time in my life, like I, I was born and raised in Philadelphia and I've never lived outside of Philly. I've traveled extensively and stayed long-term overseas. For any of you who have been around in my business for a long time, you might remember towards the beginning of when I started my business, I actually moved to France for a couple of months um, well, Ryan was teaching, he's a professor. He was teaching a class there. And so that was really cool. But I've never, I've never full time lived away from Philly before. And so this was the year I moved to New York. And I'll share about that a bit more. I'm going to kind of go through the whole year from the start. But as I was reflecting back on this year and I was thinking about how much change I've experienced, you know, in the business, I also was thinking about on the personal side how much more I've worked on myself, how much healing I've tried to do, both like childhood trauma type healing and, you know, what I'm experiencing right now with kind of the pre-grief of my dad having leukemia. And so my dad has terminal leukemia. And back in 2018, he wasn't given very long to live. He's still here. Um, He's getting chemo every three weeks. This you know, leukemia that he has is incurable. And so it's, I can't even begin to describe to you how bizarre of an experience it is to, first of all, be told that your parents going to die and and not be here very, very long, but then for them to live quite a while, but not necessarily be living well. And so it's like, I call it a whole thunderstorm. Actually, I call it a shit lasagna normally, if I was speaking frankly to you. But it's really like a thunderstorm of emotions and also a shit lasagna because there's just so many layers. It's like super, super complicated. And this year, I would say probably mid-year, I pulled back on sharing so much about my dad being sick and, um, you know, the journey that he's on and the treatments and all of the things, um, because, well, for one, it was super annoying to get feedback uh, about, about you know, things I would share that I thought were just kind of like fun and, you know, behind the scenes, just really showing you what it's like to have a parent who has cancer and to be going through this and navigating. And I'd share like, you know, a picture of us sharing dessert or something like this. And then people would be like, oh, he shouldn't be eating sugar. And I'm like, he has terminal cancer. I, you know, let the man live. I don't know. So it's, it was like, that was part of it. But the other part is that I'm having this struggle with the, with this problem or this like part of the situation that he is still here and he wasn't supposed to still be here. And I still feel like it can get, the rug can get pulled out from under me at any moment. Right. So like the way that my dad's oncologist always speaks to me about leukemia in particular, um, because of it being a blood cancer and the fact that it's in his marrow and it's throughout his body and all of these things, it's in his lymph nodes, is like, it can ex- it can like explode at any moment, right? Essentially, like, so yeah, anywho, without getting into all the like specifics of, of leukemia, which nobody wants to hear about, it's just, I'm kind of like living under that all the time. And so the last several years, and particularly this year, I feel like has been one of 
really getting comfortable with embracing the fact that I can't do a dang thing about this. And it's just kind of like here for now. I don't know what's going to happen or when things are going to happen. I imagine it's going to be pretty bad, but I just don't. Yeah, there's like nothing else I can do. And so talking about it all the time just made it on social media or not all the time, but talking about it on social media made it I, I was it was making it worse for me because then people were saying like, oh, like, I hope he feels better. And then I'd be like, well, he's not going to feel better. He has cancer and it's not going anywhere. There's no way to cure it. And it's just confusing for me to have to keep like explaining to people that he has this kind of cancer that like nobody lives this long with this kind of cancer. And then with people saying like, that's amazing, you know, oh, enjoy your time with your dad. And then I'm watching my dad like barely be able to walk or, you know, Know, feeling really frail from from when he gets leukemia or from when he gets treatment for his leukemia. So, you know, and then I go through periods with my dad where like my dad's doing really well. Like right now, as I'm recording this, he's like looking a lot better than he was um, just a few months ago. He had gotten like really frail and really skinny a couple months ago, and now he's looking better. And it's a total mind F and I'm totally confused. And it makes me really sad sometimes. And other times it makes me feel really bad and guilty because I'm like, I should just be enjoying this. Like, just enjoy it. Right. I feel like I'm like choking it to death. It's, it's a very bizarre, I could have a whole, <laughs> a whole separate podcast of, of my ramblings about how confusing it is and how complex and layered it is to have a parent who's sick and, um, you know, who like you're, you're one of the caretakers for the primary caretaker for, and it's just very, very confusing. That's what I that's what I will say about that. So I've struggled with that a lot this year. Um, and so that has meant like weekly therapy and like taking a lot more time off social media and trying to be more present because one of the other things I realized was that, you know, my dad has been sick for so long that I've had to figure out how to run a business at the same time because I couldn't you know, I took off several months when he first got sick and then it was like, well, I'm going to have to figure something out because this is my career and I, I rely on my income. So, you know, I got back to business and then I've gone through periods where I've like quadrupled down in business and, and really put my head down sometimes I think as a distraction, sometimes just because I love it a lot, as you hopefully can tell. And, you know, then there's been other times where I've been like, you know, things have gone up and down with him and I've thought, okay, I should really take some time off my phone or instead of being proud that I can build my business while I'm in the chemo room with him, why don't I just sit here and hang out with him in his chemo room um, and actually talk to him and so and hear stories about Seinfeld or something. So yeah, it's it's been a journey. It really has. So January of this year of 2021, let's let's start from the beginning, really kicked off with actually my dad being pretty sick. So on the personal front starting this year, it started off with a bang. Um, I came into 2021 like really excited, ready to like nail my plan that I had made. And it's so funny because if you're listening to this after listening to last week's episode where I'm telling you like I planned out my whole first quarter and I was so excited and everything was like boop, 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 done, right? Then beginning, I think it was like the first or second week of January, my dad has to get um, blood transfusions all the time to keep him alive um, because he's not producing platelets. He's not producing enough red blood cells, all these things. And so he gets like multiple a week in between treatment. And one of the treatments that he got in January for, I don't remember if it was platelets or, or red blood cells, but he got a staph infection 
through his port in his chest, right? And so it was really dangerous because it was close to the heart. And I was literally in the middle of a work day. He had just been at the hospital and gotten this um, transfusion, and then they had taken his blood. And I got a call from his oncologist saying, you need to take him to the emergency room right away, and he's going to be admitted. I already can tell you that, and he's going to be there for like a few weeks. It was like, wait, what? And <laughs> this was all in the middle of COVID, so there were no visitors allowed. You know, I wasn't allowed to go in with him. It was really bad. It was really bad. And they got it straightened out. There, w- there was a risk that this was not going to go well for him. But my dad's a champ and he pulled through. He got the treatment. And when he came out of the hospital, he actually came home to my house. And the crazy thing was that I was administering his medication through his port in his chest. Okay. I am like, I wish you could. I wish we were like you knew me in real life because I am like my knees get like super weak when I think of like anybody bleeding or getting injured. I'm like very nervous. I'm I just like and then they tell me like you have to push this needle through your father's chest three times a day and administer this medication through a slow drip for fifth. I think it was 15 minutes if I remember correctly. And I would literally push this and I was like in a beekeeper's outfit because everything had to be like so sterile and so clean. And I would get everything all ready. I had my little system and the hospital sent me all of the supplies that I needed. And I mean, you have to remember like COVID was still really bad. And so there was just people, everybody was just like doing what they could, right? Because healthcare workers were like on the front lines. And so they would come by every couple of days at the house, but I was primarily responsible. I was the only person who was doing this for my dad. And so I was literally in the middle of running my business, the first promo that I ever decided to run. I, I, in five years in business, I had never run a promo. I had never done a live webinar. And I was like, going into 2021, like, I'm so excited. I'm going to run this live promo and boom, life drops me this thing. So it's been kind of funny. I feel like every single time I plan something, something like that does happen. But um, yeah, I was legitimately pushing this thing and uh, in my dad's chest and trying to keep him alive and trying not to kill him and also trying to get him to gain some weight again. And, and literally, I would have to say to Ryan, my husband, like, I need you to watch my dad or like, I need you to do this, um, this push, this session, because I got to go do a live webinar. You know, it, it's bizarre world. It was like crazy. And nobody knew, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. So I go and I do this live promo for the first time. And I have to tell you that, like, <laughs> after last week's episode of, you know, going through these steps of planning, being really clear about my goals, um, investing properly in what, you know, the pieces of this promotion that were really like more highly specialized and uh, more skilled than like what I could do, like sales copy, for example, I had a multiple six figure promotion in like eight days. And it was crazy because I had all this going on behind the scenes personally. And then I had this promotion and the promotion was primarily other than me showing up for the live webinars um, was primarily pre-scheduled, right? The emails were scheduled. The social posts were scheduled. I showed up on social media when I could, but I also pulled back like big time on the social media um, like plan that we had originally come up with because of everything that was going on with my dad. And I was exhausted. So I was like, whatever it'll be, it'll be. And we went with it and it was huge. And that was just like a huge kickoff to the year because in just almost that promotion period, I almost outpaced my entire prior year's, you know, revenue for the whole year in like eight days. And so I was like, hmm, I think something might be a little different (laughs) this year. (laughs) I think this might go a little differently. And 
So I got to host this um, live workshop that I did on how to build an evergreen webinar funnel and, and hundreds of people signed up. But the coolest part about it was that all of the money went to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So every year since my dad's been sick, I've raised money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society on my own. And every year they have this um, light the night walk. And I've always done it in Philly with my family and friends and I've raised money. But I've always wanted to use my business somehow or the community that I've built in the business somehow to support just such a wonderful organization. These people have been so kind, you know. They literally called me and asked me how my dad's doing. They send me emails and ask how he's doing. Um, they obviously have resources and things available. And I've been able to help my dad, you know, myself. But there are a lot of people um, in in their community who don't have means otherwise. And so they provide that for them. They can give transportation and medication and get them into, like, studies and things. So it's just a really great organization. So it was so cool to do this workshop for them. And I I just felt really proud that more than anything, even like whether I raised $100 or $100,000, I was like, the fact that I have built a business that I can take like a whole month, month and a half to promote this workshop for people, invite people to it, have the workshop, like send out the replay, do all the things, you know, spend all of my own money in the business to to put it on, right? I had to pay contractors and things to get things ready and to get things um, set up and posted and out to all of you. And I just, I felt really proud of all of that, right? And like none, none of that, I paid for all that myself. None of it came out of the money that we raised for LLS. All of that went to them. Um, and so it was just really... I don't know, a proud moment, I suppose, in the business. And it was also, I feel like at that point in the year that I started thinking about like, okay, I want to be really intentional about what I do for the rest of the year. And like, how much is enough? It's something I'm always navigating. Like we can get really fixated on how much revenue we want to make. And and people are always touting these numbers and the numbers <laughs> seem to get just bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, you know, at what point, like if, if it meant not giving up any of myself, right? And time, which is a really important uh, and completely non-renewable resource, right? If it meant not changing any of my time and, and priorities and all of that, then sure, like why not build the business as big as you possibly can, right? But I think it's pretty easy in this industry to just start to get like really focused on these numbers and never step back and be like, but why? <laughs> like, do first of all, do I need that? And do I really want it? But am I also, do I want all the things that would like come come with that, like come along with a business that's that big? And in order to get there, you know, if I have to put my head down for six months, well, what if those are the last six months I have with my dad? I mean, these are the kinds of things that I'm thinking about and just trying to balance. Like, it's not important to me to just like make another buck if it means giving up a part of my life, right? I really, really, I mean, the reason I named this podcast On Your Terms is like I really truly believe in building a business on your terms, right? And building a life that's on your terms and having the business support that. And so for some of you that, you know, you might align with some of my values of just feeling like you know, it's not as important to me. Like, I just, I want to have a really nice life, whatever that means to you, right? Everybody's version of that is different. 
And my business, I am not my business. I'm not my revenue. My business doesn't define me. It's a really big part of me because it's like my baby that I've built, um, (laughs) which sounds weird. But I, you know, I want to be more than that. And I want to look back on my life and not remember, like, I I hope that on my deathbed, I'm not going to be like, but I had 18,000 Instagram followers. Like, I just don't think that's going to be important to me. I hope it's not important to me. And I hope that I'm not going to be like, I just should have sent out one more email to my email list. (laughs) Like, I just, that's not going to matter to me. I'm going to be like pissed that I didn't make it to every single country in the world or that, you know, I didn't get one more time to sit in, in Paris and have like the best, most buttery croissant and full fat cappuccino on earth, you know? So I just, I, I want more of that in my life and I want to be more present and off my phone and with family and friends and traveling and giving back, doing things quietly behind the scenes, you know, not for, for like press or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's what's important to me. So I feel like at that point in the year, I was so shocked this summer by how well the business had done already. And because, you know, I do offer payment plans for the ultimate bundle it builds up recurring revenue and the recurring revenue had gotten so high um, and so stable that, you know, I don't, I didn't need to do anything else in the business to continue to make more than enough. Right. So it was uh, an interesting, like, I think just summer of kind of recalibrating, figuring out what was going on. It's when I brought on my operations manager, Margot, um, who's amazing. And some of you might have interacted with behind the scenes too. And so that was really helpful in starting to more like treat this business like a big, big girl company. I think the summers when a lot of things started to fall into place of like getting SOPs and hiring more contractors and you know, systematizing things and creating rules and boundaries and and really starting to wall me off a bit more. That was, I feel like that's been a really interesting thing for me this year and something that I never, I never thought about before this year, but, you know, me not being so accessible or at least like not the first line of defense for every single email or every single question, um, you know, having other people attend meetings on my behalf so that I could focus on more of the revenue generating activities or the stuff that only, you know, I can do. Like I only I can record this podcast until we find my stunt double, which we're looking for. So <laughs> I, I think like a lot of that stuff started to happen where it was like, you know, very uncomfortable for me and kind of like, I don't need to like, no, I can answer every single email, you know, no problem. And then it became very apparent pretty much around the summer that was like, oh, I cannot answer every email. I cannot answer every message on social media. Like I was missing comments. Things were slipping through the cracks because it was just too much. Right. I think at some point over the summer, I don't, maybe it was earlier. I hit 10,000 on Instagram. Of course, back then you needed that for the swipe up link. And I was like super excited to get that because I was like, oh, wow, this like swipe up link. I've been putting this on this pedestal for five years. And (laughs) once you get the swipe up link, like all of your business problems just disappear. And it's just like people flooding into your business. And it's kind of hilarious. I I got the swipe up link and it's like four people would click on something. It was really funny. Maybe some of you know that now that you have the link sticker on Instagram, that it's not quite the panacea that we all thought it was. Uh, so so I think I got that at some point and was very excited about it, but also it just turned out to not be like quite as helpful. It, it was helpful though to just be able to give people like directly the the link that they need, you know, all that good stuff. And then moving into July, I launched on your terms. Doo-doo. I wish I had like a, a birthday like launch celebration. 
Yeah, I launched on your terms. I had thought about doing a podcast for a while. I had always just imagined a podcast being um, my, me ranting about something and like just popping off about something that I was annoyed about in online business. But then once I started to think about it and I started to survey, you know, people in the audience and customers, people were like, I would really like to listen to a podcast about this stuff. And, you know, something I've always not struggled with, but like worried about, I guess, in the business has been that, you know, I talk about legal stuff. And so it's like, who the heck's going to want to listen to this? But I had this idea that if I kept the episodes really actionable and, you know, just stayed true to my style of of the way that I teach this stuff, which is like pretty relaxed, chill way of just like explaining it, breaking down this complicated stuff, I hope in a in a really easy way that makes it somewhat enjoyable, then, you know, then it would be helpful to people. And true to my style and the way that I talk about stuff in online business, I would also talk about things about how to build your business and and what it's like to build this kind of business behind the scenes and like taking care of yourself as you navigate entrepreneurship. And so I think I've stayed pretty true to that. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy so far. I feel like the listenership, is that a thing? I don't know. Listenership is, is growing. Um, steadily. And I'm getting so many messages from you when you listen to the podcast. By the way, sidebar, if you listen to the podcast and you like it or something sticks out to you in an episode, it's so helpful for me to hear that from you because um, it's always good for me to know what you're liking and what you find helpful, what you want to see more of. So yeah, I started on your terms and we launched it with a little like launch promo party. That was really exciting. It's really been the first like medium, like content medium that I've done where I've I've liked it so much that I find myself like looking forward to actually recording these and to batching them, which is really important to my team. If Margo is listening to this, she'll be very excited because, um, you know, basically the way that the business is set up now, fast forwarding to the end of 2021, I essentially record a piece of content and then it's out of my hands and it goes into a lot of other people's hands. It's in graphic designers and social media managers and podcast production and copy editing, like so many different people. And so it's really important on my end that I just like get the content done because then it has to be handed off. The baton has to be handed off to all these other people. And so I'm kind of like the initial domino that needs to fall (laughs) in order to help all these other people. And so if I don't fall, a lot of other people can't fall. And then stuff gets real backed up and then people are not happy about it. So um, it's, I think you can tell, I always say to people like when someone just posted in my client community yesterday about her, her and her husband were having an argument about what, social media platform she should really focus on. And, you know, I was saying it really is a mix of like what you find enjoyable and where your clients hang out and where your medium lends itself to. So like, for example, if you were doing like a cooking show, I wouldn't recommend that you have like Twitter because you would want something that's more visual, right? If you're going to teach people a little like cooking techniques or something like this, Instagram is better. Maybe Facebook. I just don't like Facebook that much, but uh, YouTube, obviously. So you know, you also want to pick a medium that like works for the type of thing that you're teaching. But if you really like the way that you're, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, if you like love filming videos and you want to do that on YouTube, that's amazing. Like that in and of itself is a reason to show up because I'm telling you, if you like it, you're going to show up and show up consistently which is really important for building an audience, but you're also going to show up with a different energy than you might in some other way, right? That you don't enjoy. So 
you know, instead of like half-assing a bunch of posts on Facebook, if you're like really pumped to do podcast episodes and you you like love, you know, plotting them out and kind of creating the the storyline and recording it, maybe even editing it if you're doing that yourself, I think it can be and you know, having these kinds of conversations and maybe even having some guests, although if you have a business, I would highly encourage you to do primarily solo episodes to build your business um and direct stuff to your own business. Uh so it is good to have, you know, guest stuff sprinkled here and there, but yeah, I just think if you do something that you really like, you're going to actually show up consistently and you're going to bring that different energy to it and people are going to feel it. And when people feel that, they listen, they subscribe, they keep following, they keep coming back, right? So I, I think that's something really to consider. And that's that's what I have felt like since I started on your terms. Maybe you could tell, I don't know, but I felt like, oh, I really like this. Like I feel very comfortable doing this, whether or not I'm good at it or anything like that. I don't really care. I'm here to just provide like valuable information and to show up consistently and be open and honest with you as always. Okay, so back in August, this was, um, I was really just prepping for a fall promo that we ran um, behind the scenes in the business. But actually, most of August, at the at the end of July, I got really, really sick. I did not have COVID. I, I basically had like all of the symptoms of it, kept getting tested, but I didn't have COVID. And I was so sick. I think it was the sickest I've been in a very long time. And so I could like barely get out of bed, had this awful cough, um, wouldn't stop coughing, could barely breathe, like just was really, really sick. And what do you know, it was also time to move. So I was basically on like week three of being really sick. I was I was getting better, but I was really sick in the beginning of August when on August 2nd, we closed on our house in New York. So we bought a house on the North Shore of Long Island, all the way out east, kind of closest to the Hamptons. And um, we're on the water. It's like really beautiful. We're out in like a little island off the North Shore. It's really, really gorgeous. I had no idea what it was like here. I knew nothing about Long Island. My idea of Long Island in my mind was like King of Queens. Like I was like imagining in my mind that we were going to live with Kevin James. And I was like, no, this isn't happening. And then we came to visit and I was just stunned. I was, I thought it was so beautiful. We found this particular area that we're in, um, that just feels like very water centric. It's very, um, communal and like built around the university. It's just so beautiful. Like every time I take a walk, I, every street that I walk down in our neighborhood, um, well, first of all, we have water across the street from us next to us and behind us. And then every single street that I walk on in our neighborhood has water at the end of it. It's just incredible. And it's like living in an animal kingdom. Who knew? Um, but <laughs> we have deer constantly in our backyard every single night, you know, and, and sometimes throughout the day we have deer. We have a fox who's very cute and like really aren't bright orange. And um, we have bald eagles and a lot of osprey and a whole bunch of other animals <laughs> that I see. Um, sometimes Ryan and I take walks and we're like, it's like the jungle book out here. It's like wild. So Hudson, our, our Bernadoodle, he loves it because of all the animals. He's really interested in the deer. I think he thinks that they're big dogs, but he also really loves the water and he loves the beach. So our house came with uh, private beach access and um, he just like loves going to the beach. He actually drags us down there on most mornings um, to make us and he to like go take him to sit there and he'll like sit on the rocks and just like look out at the water. He's so it looks like he's like having a meditative moment. It's hilarious. So um, we moved here, closed on the house August 2nd. And basically, <laughs> uh, long story short, we got our house. And so this is the second house that we've purchased. We had a house outside of Philly um, since 2014. But we basically got access to the house and the house was in 
let's just say, a lot different condition than when we did our inspection and when we had seen the house, you know, um, when we had purchased it back in like, I don't know, May or June. And so that was a really big bummer. It was very stressful. We were really, really frustrated. And it was just a huge financial, like um, unexpected financial surprise because a lot of the work was the kind of stuff that technically we could have waited on, but it was like stuff you had to do when you weren't living in the house. And so it was like, there's no better time than now. We haven't gotten any of our furniture yet. We didn't close on our house in Philly until mid-August. So it was like, we have a couple of weeks. Let's just get this thing over with and get this work done. But it was super expensive. Now, one thing that I have to tell you that I'm like half embarrassed to tell you, but I, I'm I, I'm also very proud, um, is that I was able to purchase this house because of what I had done in the business. And it was able to take care of all of the renovations and do things that I really wanted to do to make things, you know, to our liking and to our taste and to fix certain things and things that like could have waited. But I was like, you know what? I just like really want to make this house like spectacular and I want to like love living here and I want to love coming home and love my workspace and all that. And so like, I'm just doing it. So I painted the whole house inside. Um, I had the whole outside like professionally power washed and I had new gutters put on, which all probably sounds super boring to you, but it made the outside look very, very nice. And also keeps water away from the house, which is very important. But I got like new appliances for the kitchen and I um, did all new light fixtures throughout. And there was just so much, so much landscaping. I planted like over 40 trees, I would say outside. I mean, not me. I hired someone to do that because I don't know how to plant trees. So I did a lot of landscaping and all that kind of stuff and did a lot of work to the outside and furnished the entire house with basically new furniture because my old house was over a hundred years old and it was adorable and beautiful. And I really didn't have any taste. Like when I, when I moved, when I bought that house in 2014, I was a young attorney at the time and I just like, didn't have any preferences. I don't know if you were ever like this, but like I never had had a house, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, just like when we moved in there, I was like, yeah, whatever, like whatever kind of furniture you want to get. I don't really care. Like I didn't really have like a style or any taste or anything. So it wasn't until, you know, close to when we were moving out that I was like, I don't like any of this stuff anymore. Like it just doesn't speak to me. And I wanted things that were lighter and airier and especially beachier given where we were moving. So I was able to furnish this house. Um, and, and we're still, as you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the room I'm in. I'm still waiting for a lot of furniture to come to replace our old stuff. For any of you who are also patiently waiting for furniture for months and months, I totally feel your pain and frustration. And so, yeah, I was able to get this house and move in, start renovations and start on a renovation project of an addition that's going to be added to the house to give me a little headquarters for Sam Vanderweelen LLC here at the house. So it'll be like a garage with a carriage house above it where the carriage house will become my kind of full time. I won't have to be in the guest room anymore recording podcasts. And so I'll kind of put all my stuff in like one place. So that process is underway. And that's like a whole thing with applying for permits and all that. So that's all going on. Um, and that was really the bulk of my life for the last part of the summer and the fall was just like moving here to New York, getting settled, doing all these renovations to the house, um, you know, getting displaced sometimes like you, if you've done any renovations, you know what that's like. So that was a huge pain in the butt. And then came right into September with my last live promo of the year. So I did my five legal steps workshop live one more time. So I had just done it back in January. I did it one more time and I learned it, it went really well. Right. And this was a six figure launch and all that kind of stuff. But it, like financially, it was all fine. But I learned 
a couple of really valuable lessons. So for one, I had switched Facebook ads teams and it was kind of a disaster. It went really badly. Um, It was a really bad investment. And part of that was because of some assumptions that I made on some of the services that the Facebook ads team provided that they didn't. And so those ads performed pretty badly. But it was actually a really cool lesson in a way because I had chalked up a lot of my business growth this past year to Facebook ad investment. And I know like a lot of other people or friends or whatever will say to me like, oh, well, you're doing so well because of Facebook ads, right? And I was always like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've started to invest in Facebook ads and all of a sudden the business blew up. So like, you know, one plus one equals two. And it was very interesting because in the September live promo, um, it went so well, but the Facebook ads went so poorly that it showed me just how well we were doing without ads. And so that was a really valuable lesson to me was to One, not just assume that ads are the reason that you're doing well. And I've gotten better and better with data and tracking. It's a little hard sometimes to track certain things with with ads these days because of iOS changes. But to not assume that something is because of Facebook ads. And conversely, don't assume that Facebook ads are going to solve any of your problems, right? I've talked about that before on the podcast. But you know, not relying too heavily on those. And it kind of snapped me back to after like a summer of really focusing on launching the podcast and doing a um, a charity workshop and moving and like all the personal stuff and being really sick and all the personal stuff, it snapped me back to my evergreen SEO-driven roots. So, or roots as my Wisconsin-born husband would say. So, <laughs> so I built this business off of really trying to focus on, you know, because I had no social media following. So I wasn't going to get anybody to do anything off of social media. So in the beginning, so I really built this business on back then blog post writing, right? And the blog posts that I was writing were really like optimized and I was strategically, you know, naming and titling the blog posts and doing the headlines and um, uh, headings and, you know, making sure I had keywords throughout and um, changing the names of the photos and like all of those kinds of things because I was really trying to drive traffic to my site from Google and it worked, right? And then it was like when I would try to do YouTube episodes, I would make sure those YouTube episodes were super optimized. And now with podcast episodes, we're trying to do the same thing. And so I, this, this experience back in September with the Facebook ads going so poor poorly, not only caused me to be like, stop contributing any of your success or all of your success to Facebook ads, right? It's not all Facebook ads. And don't put all your eggs in Facebook ads basket because it's not smart. It's not a good strategy. Things keep changing, right? Facebook ads have gone through a difficult period this year. Um, And for most of the year, mine were still performing really well. We've gone through ups and downs like everybody else. But, you know, it did cause me to step back and be like, I don't want to rely too heavily on them. So it was like this bad combo where I was like attributing all of my success to it and then pulling back on SEO strategies because I just assumed everything was coming from Facebook ads. So this promo back in September really caused me to shake things up a bit and be like, hey guys, we're going to get back to SEO stuff. (laughs) Remember that? Yeah. So I feel like ever since then, I've been a little bit on a mission um, to recalibrate approach content in a little bit of a different way. I'm still kind of in the process of that, but we're we're posting all of our On Your Terms um, podcast episodes on YouTube now, so you can watch any of these episodes live. Watch me on camera record this and talk constantly with my hands, which I learned that I do <laughs> from these videos. So 
yeah, I started posting all of them on YouTube. I'm re like regenerating the YouTube um, channel in general, you know, regenerating certain blog post stuff, like doing all the SEO work behind the scenes. And that's really important to me because to me, that is how you build like a slow and steady but consistent business that, you know, I have leads coming in from blog posts I wrote four years ago. And so it's really important that you focus on that as you build your business. Don't think that Facebook ads are going to solve your problem. They do help. They're they are great when they work and you just don't want to have all your eggs, you know, in that basket. That experience also prompted me to fire my Facebook ads team and get back with my old Facebook ads team. So that was quite the process. Not one that I'm going to talk about here, but uh, for, for like personal reasons. But I'm really glad that I'm back. I'm glad that I fired the old one. No disrespect to them. It just like wasn't a personal good fit and it didn't it didn't work for us for whatever reason. Apparently a lot of other people like them. It just went really, really poorly for me. And so we couldn't stay. It's just too it's too big of an arm of the business. It's too expensive to just be like throwing money out the window. So went back to my old Facebook ads team, started just back with them on November 1st. Um, and I decided after that promo and after just, you know, consistently getting these uh, revenue numbers, you know, learning mid-year that I had already hit six, uh, seven figures in, in revenue that I did not want to do any more live promos for the rest of 2021. So one of the reasons that I decided to do that was because of, I think, a valuable lesson I learned from the September promo. So although the September promo went well, um, one of the things that I realized was that I noticed a bit of fatigue, both on my email list and in social media. And I thought that that was really interesting and just tried to get introspective about why, like, why did everyone feel less engaged? Why did they, why was there less enthusiasm? Why were there fewer signups? Um, the show up rate was lower. Like it just seemed like overall the enthusiasm was lower. And I thought back to myself as to like what had all gone on this year. And I had run the live promo in January. I had run the copy cats promo in um, April. I had run stuff about the about the charity workshop. And then also I forgot that I ran a little birthday promo back in July for the bundle because um, it was the like fourth or fifth birthday for for the ultimate bundle. So I ran a promo for it. And in between all of those things with me moving and being sick and all of that, I basically went straight back into with my audience, straight back into promoting another promotion. And I forgot that it'll lead generation, my own advice, which I'm always saying, and I'm always telling everybody on our team, which is that you have to nurture the people who are currently in your audience between promotions. And you have to think about bringing in fresh leads, right? It's fresh people in between promotions, because otherwise what ends up happening is you're promoting to all the same people, right? And I talked about this a little bit last week in the planning episode. And, and how you need to build into your planning for next year, times of lead generation, times where you're just focusing on nurturing your current audience and bringing in new leads and then nurturing them as they come in. And this is so important because otherwise you're pitching to all the same people, right, who are going to get tired of it. And for the most part, if you don't focus on bringing in new people, then all of the people in your current audience have already heard this promotion already. And they've either said yes and they've purchased or they've already said no. And unless something has changed for them, right, then they're not going to be ready again unless they just like all of a sudden see the light or they need it or whatever. So it's really important that we focus on bringing in new leads, building up our email list, building up our social channels or, you know, building up your podcast or focusing on like SEO driven blog posts and, and YouTube episodes or something. 
And then nurturing those people for a period of time, like a long period of time, not like a week, not like probably even a month, like several months, right, of consistent nurturing and new lead bringing. And then we can promote again, right? So I feel like I learned a lot in that promo of like, I was just getting kind of excited in in the in the like flow of running these promotions and they're pretty easy on our end, not thinking like I hadn't done enough to build up new stuff between particularly the ultimate bundle birthday promo, which is at the end of July. And then turning around like a month later and running a live promo in September um, without doing any nurturing and me really not showing up on social media in between because I was moving and like deadly ill. So it was a really interesting lesson and one that I just, I want to pass on to you. It's one that I'm definitely integrating and being different with. It's it's one of the reasons why I canceled the promotions for the rest that I had planned in November and December, because I thought, no, I just want to nurture my audience. I want to thank them for being here. I want to focus on putting out good podcast episodes and building up the podcast some more, getting back to YouTube, nurturing my email list, and, you know, getting back to being able to email my email list, some of the more personal emails that have have, have helped me to build my company, which I couldn't send out when we're in promotion periods, right? When I'm in a promotion period and you're already getting a million emails from me, I can't sprinkle in like a lesson or a behind the scenes email because you're already getting so many, right? And they're and they're pretty strategic as to like why they why these emails are coming out when they're coming out. So I realized that in doing all these promotions, it was taking me away from some of the things that I think people appreciated the most about my business and what got me here in the first place. So I'm doing a little bit of of unwinding and like getting back to that and making sure that there's space, right? There's space in the calendar for seasons of of nurturing seasons of focusing on lead gen, um, seasons of then focusing on promos, but going back into lead gen and nurturing. So it's really, really important. And I would encourage you, if you listen to last week's episode about planning for your year, I talk about a lot about this and about integrating some of these things and like really intentionally like weaving some of this into your business's year. So Okay, last but not least, to round out all of 2021, I um, started, the, for the first time, I hosted the From Startup to Sold Out Masterclass Series. So back in November, I hosted a three-day masterclass series um, where I taught people how to build a- and sell an evergreen product or program. And it was the first time I had ever did anything like that. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I did a pretty low-ticket offer so that I could make sure you know, we tested it out. We saw if people thought it was helpful. And I was really excited that hundreds of people signed up. And and so far, all of the feedback that I've gotten from it has been like overwhelmingly positive. And people are, you know, messaging me and telling me what they've changed so far in their businesses and what they're going to change. And that has been really, really cool. So I would stay tuned for, you know, maybe where I'm headed with some of those things, like whether I'm going to do anything like that in the future. But it was really, really fun to host that. And it, it also caused me like I had I had planned to just take that and run with it and turn it into a product, but it actually caused me to pause and say, you know what, there's some of this other more foundational stuff that I want to get back to first, like this SEO stuff that I'm talking about, um, before I go ahead and put out a new product. And that would be a piece of advice that I'd love to pass along to you, which is that, you know, we should constantly be like firming up our foundation before we're adding additional layers. Because if your foundation's not very strong and then you add a new layer, things can topple, right? And so I also believe in pouring more into what's already working for you, right? And making sure you've got that nice and tight before you just like go and add on all this new stuff and start experimenting. And so this experience that I had this year really did cause me to step back and be like, I don't want to get 
too far away from my from my kind of core mission of creating evergreen or SEO d- uh, driven content. I don't want to rely on ads so heavily and or at least like all in, right? I want it to be a bit more balanced. And so I want to take my time to get my foundation of that set up. Um, add on a lot of team members because I need a lot of help. I need a lot of support to to go where I'm going. And um, before I add on some new product in a totally different na- niche or like in a different area of online business, I want to get this stuff straightened out first and even stronger than it already is. So, you know, I think there's so much more left for me to do in the legal business and in legal templates and in the ultimate bundle, um, maybe even creating a new product for you. And so that stuff is is like, I, yeah, I want to do more of what's working and focus on that and just keep building this evergreen machine. That's for sure. So what am I doing now then? We get to December, we get to the end of the year. Well, because I canceled all those promos, I decided, um, I told the team it's Huga season around here. So we are taking it slow. We are recording content. I'm recording content. We are onboarding lots of new team members. We're interviewing right now. I am totally building out and reorganizing my org chart for my business. There's going to be a lot of hiring um, and a lot of growth um, and a lot of support that I need in order to support me to go to the place that I'm going, right? So I'm a big proponent of doing things now that are in support of the place or the person that you want to become, right? So if you want your business to be a $5 million and $10 million business, you have to do things now that are, you know, at least getting you there, right? Something that a five or $10 million business would have in place. And that's kind of my next step is like, this business is on its way to be a five, $10 million business. I, there are some things that uh, a business of that size needs that I haven't gotten in place yet. And so I'm doing it. I'm doing that. It's really scary. Of course, I still doubt myself, just like maybe you do every once in a while. I still am like, who the heck am I to do that? Is this really going to work? Is this going to be successful? I have my days. I get nasty Facebook comments or something and it knocks me down and, you know, all those signs of stuff like the business revenue doesn't get rid of all of that. Unfortunately, what would be really cool is if it came like if business revenue came with like a little box you could put around your heart and protect yourself, but it doesn't. (laughs) So until I invent that, (laughs) it still hurts your feelings and doesn't really matter how much money you're making um, or how much money your business is making. Don't get that confused. So that's really when I, what I'm spending this season focusing on is is growth and expansion, but also turning inwards and um, being a little quieter and updating some of my products behind the scenes because I'm always updating my products and keeping my legal templates up to date and then providing that to my customers. So it's really important to me that as I look at my calendar and like what I'm up to for the whole year, that there's a balance of selling because you deserve to sell. You have a business. Everyone sells. Target doesn't feel bad about selling you another candle. Trust me. And (laughs) balancing between selling, balancing between nurturing and lead generation and product development and customer nurturing. So that's kind of what the three big buckets that I see for, you know, for the year. And I think like, do I have enough of that? Am I taking a season where I'm like really just thinking about my customers, um, really nurturing them, improving the product, improving the product for future customers? I'm always thinking about that for like future customers too. And I'm also taking that time to lead gen and to nurture the people who are already in my audience who might just not have opted in to something or join my email list. So that's really been my entire year. So I have a couple of lessons that I wanted to recap for you and give you before we leave today. But 
lesson number one of what I've learned this year, 2021, was that lead generation should always be a focus in your business and especially between promotions and launches. So as you're planning 2022, I want you to think about what your consistent lead generation strategy is. How are you getting people onto your email list? How are you building up people to take the next step and actually hear from you more consistently and in another way off of social media? Number two, live events add fresh energy to your business or to a workshop or promotion that you've already done. My first webinar in 2017 that I ever hosted, it was like one of the first months of my business. I had 35 registrants. Um, and now every single time that I host a webinar, I have thousands and thousands of people sign up live. And I have almost 30,000 who have taken my evergreen webinar. So next up, I'm shooting for like tens of thousands of people to sign up for a live webinar, but it's just possible that you get started somewhere, right? You have those 35 registrants and that was amazing back then. And it's really cool now to see that a few more people sign up too. Lesson number three is that adding team members when you need them um, <laughs> is go actually going to help your business grow. So this was an area where I thought it was more like an expense that I was adding on. And I was constantly like, oh, is it worth adding, like paying this person more money? If I could just do it myself, I can save money, be more profitable. But if I could go back and tell myself earlier that adding these people would actually not only make my life easier and be more enjoyable because now I have like friends to build a business with, but also it would actually add to the bottom line um, and make the business more profitable. I think that that would be really helpful advice to hear now. So remember that as you're adding um, team members, you need the systems to support them as well. You can't just throw in a team member to a totally disorganized business with no, you know, project management system or no um, standard operating procedures or anything like that and just be like, good luck. I hope it all works out. Of course, you can hire people to help you to put those things in place, but you have to be realistic about the fact that that's going to be part of the hiring process is putting these things in place. You need systems. You need a project management tool. Lesson number four is that support is crucial as you grow. Friends, colleagues, family, educational support, right? Making you feel more confident or learning about an area of online business that just makes you excited or feel more supported. Even life stuff like getting, you know, the little things like taking little things off your plate. If you can swing it um, as you move forward, it's super helpful to like have certain things delivered so that you're not, you know, you're spending less time running errands or hiring somebody to maybe cut your lawn so that that's a few less hours or that's time that you could just spend taking care of yourself. Of course, I understand that these are all privileged things that come with time and with expenses and all of this stuff, but it is something that one once it becomes available to you, I feel like leaning into that kind of support has been one of the ways that I've able to grow the business and not lose my mind this year. But, you know, more importantly, it's it's really important that you surround yourself with people who really support you because, you know, one of the things being a lawyer was like, pfft, uh, just awful in general, but it was like a lot of the people that I was around were really dark, dark energy, bad, negative stuff. And, and then when I started this business, I was still hanging out with a lot of those same people and they were really not supportive of me, you know, of having a business or like, especially when I had the health coaching business, they thought it was a joke. Then I started the legal business. They didn't like it. It was like, I couldn't, I, I didn't really have anybody in my corner who's cheering me on. And I think one of the biggest differences for me over the last couple of years has been like meeting some of my friends, mostly online friends who I like met on Instagram, by the way. 
who have become my closest friends and my closest confidants and supporters and cheerleaders and the person that I can call when I do get a nasty comment on Facebook or when I hit a revenue goal that I like never even set for myself. It, you need those people who are cheering you on and who are supporting you and that you can be the same thing for them, right? That's super important. Okay, last but not least, <laughs> the last lesson I want to leave you with is that growth is possible beyond your wildest dreams, but I do think that it has to be planned for and intentional because in my opinion, it doesn't happen through manifestation. So I don't believe in like sitting around and closing your eyes and being like, I have a million dollar business. I have a million dollar business. No, you have to plan to have a million dollar business, right? You have to, it has to actually make sense. You'd have to have enough, you know, leads and you have to have enough sales that actually hit a million dollars or whatever. And you do that in my mind through a lot of the planning and intentionality that I walked you through last week in last week's episode. So yet another plug to go listen to that business planning episode. I think it should be very helpful to you. All right. So that is 2021. What a year. I can't wait to see what 2022 brings. You know, as of now, I am planning for this to be a multi, multi eight figure business. I am, you know, excited to like integrate some of these lessons that I have learned. I am doing a few things live. I feel like I'm doing it more intentionally. I'm spreading them out a little bit more. I'm focusing on lead generation strategies. I'm coming up with a couple of new things that are going to contribute to lead generation, bring in new leads. Of course, I'll continue the podcast as long as you guys are listening. I'm happy to keep doing the podcast. I really like it and I enjoy it. And you'll probably see me a bit more on YouTube as well. I'm also hoping that 2022 is the year that, first of all, my book proposal goes out. I hope I find an agent and that my book lands somewhere. That would be really cool because I'm working on a book. And I also want to um, really focus on and elevate like my PR and PR outreach this year. So I've been really fortunate to be on a lot of people's podcasts and to speak on stage and to write articles for people. But I'm hoping to keep growing that arm of my business, get out there, get in front of more audiences, bigger audiences, and just grow that that area of my business because it's something I actually really enjoy. Um, and pre-COVID, I really loved going and speaking on stage and like speaking at conferences and things. So I'm hoping to be able to get back to that. Last but not least, that's the other thing I'm really hoping to get back to in 2022 is um, some more in-person events. Like I was always going to conferences and like going to workshops and meeting people, flying out and like meeting some of my online friends in real life. And I'm hoping to do more of that in 2022 um, if like travel and health are willing. So yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to in 2022. I I think it's going to be big things for my business. I'm excited to be able to listen back to this episode and hear what I was thinking. Uh, It's like a little diary (laughs) situation. So I'm, I'm really excited for 2022 and I'm excited for 2022 for you as well. And I think that your business could experience a lot of growth as well, especially if you follow a lot of the business planning strategies that we talked about in last week's episode of the podcast. So with that, send me a DM on Instagram at Sam Vanderweel and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Give me a shout out on Instagram if you've been listening to this episode and you like it. I hope to see you soon and I can't wait to chat with you on next week's episode of On Your Terms. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderreelen.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderreelen.com. 
And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at Sam Vanderweelen and send me a DM to say hi. 